Friday, April 20th, 2018. You are listening to the Daily Dose Sports Podcast, and I am your host, Clint Daly, coming to you from the Mile High City. We are right here in Denver, Colorado. You know, we get together every single weekday. We talk sports with a dose of what we hope is common sense, and we are happy to have you here with us today. Happy Friday to you. You know, I hope that in some small way, maybe, we have helped you get through your work week. Do you have any plans for the weekend? Are you going out tonight? Going to go do the happy hour thing? Hey, be careful if you are going out with those people that you work with. You know, a drunken makeout session with a coworker or like a great one-liner about your boss that you're too drunk to realize is sitting right next to you. Yeah, that just might come back to haunt you. Happy hour is going to become sad hour mighty fast if you do that kind of stuff. You go out for that work happy hour. Now, today, of course, is 420. Hey, you want to get high, man? That might not mean much to you where you're at, but I'm here in Denver. Obviously, you know the ramifications there. So you might actually end up partaking of a different type of happy hour today. It's mostly the same as the other kind of happy hour, but you might end up making out with a bag of Funyuns instead. Be sure to stay safe, kids. That's what I'm saying. Hey, if you would like to contact us, let us know what you will be doing after work tonight. We would love to hear from you. Hit us up on email, dailydosports at gmail.com, or go find us over on Facebook or Twitter. Both of those handles are at Daily Dose Sports. doesn't have to be happy hour related. Maybe you have a suggestion. Maybe you got a comment. Maybe you need a little advice. Bring it. Let's hear what you have to say. We would love to hear from you. Today on the show, we've got a number of things to get to, including... A little bit of breaking news. We also will have our weekend preview and what might be out there for us to tune into this weekend and watch. Some pretty good things going on this weekend. And as we do every single Friday, we will have our Daily Dose Top 5, a staple of the show since it began. You never know which way the Daily Dose Top 5 is going to go. You always got to make sure that you tune in for that. First and foremost, show might sound a little different today. Not sure if you can tell the difference there. I can tell the difference where I'm at. I uh, think I told you, doing a little work to the Daily Dose studio here. Got some people in. I'm warning you ahead of time. You might hear some hammering. You might hear some saw. You might hear uh, some, like an air compressor kick on. I can't predict what's going to happen. I am not in the regular Daily Dose studio right now. I've been downgraded to like a bunker right now. Kind of just letting some construction people do their jobs, trying to stay out of the way. Hopefully, it will eventually make for a better product. Do not be surprised if you hear like some hammering, you hear some banging around or a saw running in the background, not being attacked by anyone. They are doing some work here at the Daily Dose studio. Now, little contest we might have to put on. If you can actually tell us the minute and second that you hear some of those noises, so you got to listen carefully. Big Rob just might buy you some Super Bowl tickets. Just a little contest we thought we'd throw out there. Rob, see if you can come up with some Super Bowl tickets. That's your new assignment. We'll just kind of throw that out there. A little bit of breaking news coming out in Major League Baseball. The Cincinnati Reds have fired manager Brian Price after the team has gotten off to a 3-15 and start. It is his fifth season with the Reds. And the Reds said in a statement Thursday morning that pitching coach Mac Jenkins has also been fired. Bench coach Jim Riggleman has been named the interim manager. The statement also said that the Reds will be conducting a search for a permanent manager sometime later in the year. 
you know, I'm just, I'm shocked by this move. I mean, it's just kind of surprising to me. The Reds have little to no talent. I mean, how have they failed? Oh yeah, it must be the coach, right? It's got to be the coach. Go ahead and fire him. Remember what I've told you. That front office is not going to blame themselves. That front office is not going to take a hard look in the mirror. They're going to blame the next person that they can blame. And it's not going to be them. Of course, the NFL schedule has been released. I suppose the biggest thing that stood out about the NFL schedule being released is the fact that the Super Bowl champion Philadelphia Eagles will open the season on that opening Thursday night game at home against the Atlanta Falcons in a rematch of their divisional playoff game from this past season. Remember, that was one of the tightest games that the Philadelphia Eagles had on their way to that Super Bowl victory. We will dig a little more into this schedule in future shows, you know, when I start to get bored a little bit, talking about baseball or whatever. But a few things that did stand out, at least to me, San Francisco and Jimmy Garoppolo will be going to Minnesota to face Kirk Cousins in Week 1. That might be an interesting game. The Rams will face the Chargers in the battle for Los Angeles in Week 3. I don't know. Will that be worth watching? Maybe. And Thanksgiving, we will see Chicago at Detroit. We know that Chicago went out and got a couple more weapons. Detroit, always reasonably tough on Thanksgiving. Washington will go to Dallas. We've got Alex Smith going to Dallas. And Atlanta will be going to New Orleans. Those all look like pretty decent matchups right now, but I'm sure that that will change by next November and by next Thanksgiving we'll be going, ugh, why did they schedule these terrible games for Thanksgiving? Hey, coming back, we will be previewing a pretty decent weekend in sports. We've got some NBA, we've got some NHL, we've got a little Major League Baseball. There are a number of things for you to watch this weekend. We will get to those when we get back. You know, we do this every single week. We take a look at some of the upcoming events over the weekend. You've got a lot of things to do. You've got chores to do. You're trying to finish up your work week right now. So we try to keep you up on the best things to tune in for. Now, we don't just preview the games. We also pick the games. We see how we do with our picks. Last week, we went 7-5. and five. I mean, it's not great. It's okay. If you had gone to Vegas and but money, 7-5 and five is bringing home cash though, isn't it? And here's the thing. We don't pick the easy games. We pick the games that are actually worth watching. It's not easy to do, but we do it for you. We are in the business of helping people. Remember, all times given are mountain time zones, so adjust accordingly. Now tonight, got a few good games tonight. First off, 5 p.m. in the NBA, the game that I am looking forward to watching, the Cleveland Cavaliers go to Indiana for game three of their series. Hey, I don't know what to expect in the series. This series could be close the entire way. I really do think that the Indiana Pacers have the better team here. I think Cleveland has the better player, obviously, in LeBron James, and he can carry a big load. Can Cleveland go out to Indiana and get a win and flip the home court advantage back to themselves? They didn't look so good in game one. They looked very good at the beginning of game two, but they needed every break to go their way to win that game. Uh, I'm going to pick Cleveland here tonight, but I'm not feeling great about it. That Indiana team just might be the kind of team that could do them in. Got a couple things going on at 5 p.m. Also at 5 p.m., we've got some Major League Baseball. If you want scoring, this four-game series between the Toronto Blue Jays 
and the New York Yankees is going to have it. Toronto has already scored over 100 runs this season. The New York Yankees are closing in on 100 runs really, really quickly. This series is in the Bronx. While Giancarlo Stanton has been a little bit slow warming up, he's been real hit and miss so far. Hey, Aaron Judge, after kind of starting off slow, he's playing pretty well right now. Toronto pitchers had better bring their best stuff to the Bronx because New York is getting it going a little bit. I am actually going to take the Yankees. It's at home, but it is four games, so this could be a push. Should be an entertaining series, though. Started yesterday, runs tonight, tomorrow, and Sunday. Toronto versus New York, pretty good baseball to watch. Also, 5 p.m. tonight, we have another baseball series that I think will be worth watching all weekend. We've got the Pittsburgh Pirates going to Philadelphia to face the Phillies. Another pretty good four-game series. Two in-state rivals going at each other. Now, here's the question. Who thought that the Pirates and the Phillies would both be off to this good of a start? I don't know if anyone did. Now, I'm not sure that either one of their pitching is actually going to hold up over the season. But hey, enjoy the hot start. I will take the Pirates to win this series. But again, it is a four-game series. It could conceivably be a push as well. At 6 p.m. tonight, we have another NBA playoff series. The Toronto Raptors go to Washington for Game 3 of their series. The Raptors squeaked out Game 1, but then they looked pretty solid in Game 2. Washington, meanwhile, they looked good early in Game 1, and they haven't really looked good since. Here is a question for you in this series, and I want you to keep an eye on it as this series continues. How many layups will Washington point guard John Wall miss in each game. I am going to set the over under. Let's put it at six. Let's put it right around six. And if I were you, I would bet the over. I'm going to take Toronto to win game three and put Washington on the brink of being eliminated. Also tonight, 7.30 p.m., got another NBA series going. The Boston Celtics now switch back to Milwaukee to face the Bucks in their game three matchup. I don't think that Boston is going to be fine just because they held court to win the first two games of the series. I mean, Milwaukee is basically a one-man team. So just beating Milwaukee twice at home, I mean, you just held court. So I'll take Milwaukee tonight. It's kind of funny to watch this Boston series. I don't think they have the guards that they need. Al Horford, though, and I know he takes a lot of slack. How is he an all-star? He's not that great. How is everybody so big on Al Horford? Just watch the things he does in the game. Watch all the dirty work he does, the screens he sets, the passes he makes. Hey, Al Horford just makes the plays that help you win games. It's just what he does. It's not always that pretty. It is very, very effective. I'm actually going to take Milwaukee to get a win tonight at home. One more game that I will give you tonight. Maybe this is a homer pick. I know. At 7.30 tonight, we do have an NHL series. The Colorado Avalanche go back to Nashville for Game 5 of their Stanley Cup playoff series. Hey, this series should be a blowout. And for the most part, it kind of has been. Nashville is now up 3-1 to going into tonight. They can eliminate the Avs if they win this tonight. But I just want to say this. I will give my home team, Colorado Avalanche, some credit. They are the youngest team in the NHL. But... They're also very, very talented, and they're very, very fast. And man, can they skate. If you just want to see a scrappy young team, they're not that tough. Physically, they can't hang with Nashville. But up until game four, 
on Wednesday night. The Avalanche had led in every one of these games so far. Yes, they end up losing the game as the horses eventually take over. And tonight, the Predators can go ahead and put them in their rearview mirror. But these Colorado-Nashville games have been very, very entertaining. I will take Nashville to win this and close out the series tonight. But again, might be a more entertaining series than you would think. Moving on to Saturday. At 12.30 on Saturday is an NBA game that I really want to see. We've got the Philadelphia 76ers at the Miami Heat in Game 4 of their NBA playoff series. You know, Joel Embiid did come out and play for Philadelphia last night. He played pretty well as the 76ers took back home court advantage in Miami. You know, Embiid, you could tell he didn't like playing with that mask on his face to protect that broken orbital, but he still went for 23 points. And the Sixers are back up 2-1 to one now. Miami needs to win this game. You can't afford to go down 3-1 to one or it is all but over. I'm going to take Miami in this game. We're going to have a three-game series to finish this thing off. At 1 p.m. on Saturday, we have the best series in the Stanley Cup playoffs. It is this young, scrappy Columbus Blue Jackets team taking on the always underachieving Washington Capitals. You know, this series is tied at two. This will be game five on Saturday. Now, three of these games have gone to overtime. One of them went to double overtime. If you want a tight, competitive hockey game this weekend, yeah, this is probably going to be it. I am going to take Columbus in game five, and I'll tell you why. Because Washington should win this game at home, no question. So they probably won't. I'll take Columbus. Also on Saturday at 4.30, we do have NASCAR going to Richmond. You know, the NASCAR group is hoping to just get back to racing on a normal schedule as their races Keep getting postponed for weather. You know, I told you, baseball starts too early. They're canceling and postponing games all the time. So does NASCAR. They keep having to postpone these races, push them out till Monday or Tuesday. It can't be good for business, can it? This week, NASCAR's at Richmond. They're on the short track. Now, one thing to keep in mind with all these postponements and cancellations for weather and all this stuff, remember this. Stock car racing was founded on bootlegging drivers, right? Because it was prohibition. They were bootlegging. They were running moonshine or whatever it was. So I'm going to go ahead and assume that they had to run those cars a little bit in the rain, didn't they? Suck it up, NASCAR. If you ran in the water, I might actually tune in. But if you do feel like watching some racing, 4.30, Saturday afternoon, there you go. Saturday night at 8 p.m., We have another pretty entertaining series. Oklahoma City now goes to Utah for game three of their series. You know, this series is now even as the Utah Jazz stole one in Oklahoma City on Wednesday night. Hey, the Oklahoma City Thunder, they are going to have to try to figure out how to stop rookie Donovan Mitchell. He went for 27 points in game one. Then he turned around and had 28 points in game two. Really nice start for the rookie. Here is the confusing thing for me. I know there's a lot of confusing things for me, but here's a confusing thing for me with the Thunder. With all that offensive firepower they have, you've got Russell Westbrook. You've got Carmelo Anthony. You've got Paul George. Why do they have so many empty possessions? I'm not talking about a missed shot. A missed shot would be better. I'm talking about where they go down the floor and they get no shot whatsoever. They turn it over. 
They make a bad pass. They throw it out of bounds. I can just see head coach Billy Donovan ripping more hair out of his Eddie Munster receding hairline every time the Thunder go down there and like dribble the ball off their foot and they have these empty possessions. I don't understand it. I can't figure it out. I am actually going to take Utah at home tonight in game three, see if Oklahoma City can bounce back in game four. You know, I'm not very happy with boxing right now. They have somehow managed to ruin the Canelo glove can fight with all their nonsense. And Canelo, let's be honest, he ruined it too by testing positive for drugs. But I do have a fight on Saturday night that might be worth your while to watch. I have no idea if it's going to be good, but I'm just going to say this. You might be entertained. On Showtime, Saturday night, we have Adrian Broner versus Jesse Vargas, two welterweights. Now, Vargas was looking promising, but just in his last couple fights, he struggled a little bit. They say... He could eventually be a champion, though. We'll see if he can hold up to that. Meanwhile, Broner, who at one point was a promising contender, has now like gotten fat and he's in trouble with the law. They actually had to make this a catchweight fight because Broner was so out of shape. Will this be a good fight? I honestly don't know. I'm not really sure, but it might be entertaining because I don't know what Adrian Broner's going to do. I don't even know if he's going to show up, but if you tune in, Showtime Boxing, Saturday night, Broner versus Vargas. I will pick Vargas in this fight. I have no idea what's going to happen. I think Broner right now is in a very, very weird place. We'll see what happens there. Let's move forward to Sunday. And we have a few games. We're not exactly sure what to expect here, but we do have some Sunday games to watch in the NBA for sure. Sunday, starting off early, 11 a.m., we have Boston at Milwaukee for game four. Hey, for all we know, the Boston Celtics could be going for a sweep here. Now, I think that Milwaukee is going to win one of these. I think they win game three, but they have to win at least one to force a game five, don't they? We'll see if Boston can keep it rolling. I'm going to take Milwaukee in game three, and I'm going to pick Boston here in game four and then head back to Boston. At 4 p.m., we have Toronto versus Washington for game four of their series in the NBA. Depending, again, on what happens tonight, this could conceivably be a sweep for the Toronto Raptors in the first round. And I want you just to think about that for a second. We could be seeing the Toronto Raptors winning a first round series and advancing. Can you even believe that we're saying that? Because I can't. Toronto winning a first round series. It's amazing. It's amazing. I'm going to throw this out there. Get in the bomb shelter, kids, because the world might be coming to an end. I am going to pick Toronto here to complete the sweep. We'll see if they can get that done back in Washington. Finally, our final game of the weekend to tune in for. Another one that should be very, very good. 6.30 p.m. Sunday night. Cleveland versus Indiana in game four of the NBA playoffs. Hey, it's another one that's going to be interesting. We'll have to see how tonight goes. The Cavs might have stolen home court advantage right back. Or the Indiana Pacers could be looking to go up three to one. You don't know what to expect. I mean, Indiana could put Cleveland in a very, very bad position. LeBron could be acting self-righteous. Kevin Love could be hurt. Cleveland head coach Tyron Lue could be throwing up on the bench. What I'm saying is there are a lot of possibilities here to finish up your weekend is what I'm saying. (laughs) 
I think Cleveland gets the win tonight. I think Indiana gets the win on Sunday, and they're going to be split going back to Cleveland. There is our weekend in sports. Not a bad weekend. Very, very NBA heavy, I know. A couple NHL games sprinkled in there and a little bit of Major League Baseball and one what could be very, very bizarre fight mixed in there as well. Hey, coming back, we have got to get to our Daily Dose Top 5. The NFL Draft is now just a week away, and we just know the NFL teams are going to start getting antsy. They're going to start grabbing quarterbacks, aren't they? We've seen it more and more. seems like in the last few years. These teams, they just can't help themselves. They have to take a quarterback. What if he's the guy and we pass him up? We've got to go get him. Well, we do have a few examples of years in the past when teams actually held off from taking a quarterback early. So how'd that go? Just a quick reminder that if you do have any shopping to do, you might want to head over to lootcrate.com forward slash daily dose, where you can find the latest pop culture collectibles that feature your favorite TV shows, movies, and video games. April's Loot Crate theme is running out. In fact, I think it might be the final day today that you can order this one. It's called Artifacts. It features items from Marvel Comics, Lord of the Rings, The Legend of Zelda, and The Dark Crystal. Now, if you hear those franchises and they're not of interest to you, that's okay. Head over to Loot Crate. I promise you, they've got just about any franchise you can think of. They've got just about any item you can think of over there. The best part about ordering, when you check out, be sure that you enter Daily Dose in the coupon box. We are going to get you 10% off of your order. It's always good to try to save just a little bit of money. So make sure that you stop by LootCrate.com. Now, as we do every single week, we have got to get to our Daily Dose Top 5. You know, like I said just before the break, it seems to be the norm lately, doesn't it? Teams reach for quarterbacks way too early in the NFL draft. We see it year after year. Look at the first round failures that we see from NFL teams at the quarterback position. And I'm not going way back. I mean, these are recent history. These are real, real recent. Johnny Manziel, EJ Manuel, Brandon Whedon was taken in the first round. Jake Locker, Blaine Gabbert, Christian Ponder, Tim Tebow, Josh Freeman, Jamarcus Russell, and Brady Quinn. They were all taken in the first round just in the past 9, 10 years or so. Because NFL teams always feel like they need to go reach, they need to go get that quarterback that they think is going to be their future. Now, this year, there is talk about four to five quarterbacks that could be taken in the first round alone. I'm sure every one of them is going to turn out just great, right? Of course, the most quarterbacks that we have ever seen taken in the first round was back in 1983. We had six quarterbacks taken in the top 27 selections. But, believe it or not, going back like 60 years, there have only been five years that a quarterback was not taken at all in the first round. Right now, we are going to take a look at those five times. Coming in at number five. five. Back in 1973, we did see Burt Jones taken out of LSU by the Baltimore Colts with the second overall pick. But in 1974, there was not a single quarterback taken in the entire first round. The Dallas Cowboys selected Tennessee State defensive lineman Ed Tutal Jones with the top overall pick. Now, the Pittsburgh Steelers, they did grab a wide receiver out of USC 
guy by the name of Lynn Swan with the 22nd pick, but it wouldn't be until the first pick of the third round that Dallas would select Arizona State quarterback Danny White. Then in the fourth round, the Los Angeles Rams selected Ole Miss quarterback Norris Weiss. I mean, he did go on to play a little bit here in Denver. There just weren't many great quarterbacks coming out in 74. The difference between then and now? Teams didn't just pick one anyway and just talk themselves into it and have all this combine stuff and, well, he jumped really high. Maybe we should take him with the fourth pick. This wasn't an untalented draft by any means in 1974. The Steelers in 1974 had what might have been the greatest draft ever. They picked up Lin Swan, Jack Lambert, Mike Webster, and John Stallworth all in 1974. The Oakland Raiders, they grabbed Notre Dame tight end Dave Casper and the Denver Broncos took Ohio State linebacker Randy Gratishar. Hey, that's a pretty good haul. There just weren't many quarterbacks in 1974. Moving on to number four. In the year following the most quarterbacks ever selected in the draft in 1983, we had 1984 in which there wasn't a single quarterback taken in the first round. The New England Patriots took Nebraska wide receiver Irving Fryer with a top pick. The New York Giants took linebacker Carl Banks at number three, and the Chicago Bears took Florida linebacker Wilbur Marshall at 11. But the first quarterback? Yeah, he wasn't taken until the second round. That's when Cincinnati selected Maryland quarterback Boomer Esiason. Then the New York Giants selected West Virginia quarterback Jeff Hostetler in the third round. And a few picks later in the third, Washington took UCLA quarterback Jay Schrader. Hey, for not having a quarterback taken in the first round, that's not a bad group of quarterbacks, really. Boomer Esiason, Jeff Hostetler, Jay Schrader, not bad, but not a single first rounder in that group. One year later, in 1985, yeah, we actually saw it again. I mean, you could hardly blame the Buffalo Bills for their top pick. They took Virginia Tech defensive end Bruce Smith. Of course, he went on to a Hall of Fame career. The Minnesota Vikings got linebacker Chris Dolman. San Francisco got a wide receiver out of Mississippi Valley State named Jerry Rice. But the first quarterback selected in 1985 wasn't taken until the second round with pick number 37 when the Philadelphia Eagles took UNLV quarterback Randall Cunningham. The Buffalo Bills took Maryland quarterback Frank Reich in the third. Minnesota took UCLA quarterback Steve Bono in the sixth. Of course, he would go on to some playing time in San Francisco, a little bit of playing time in Kansas City. And in the 11th round, which of course we don't even have anymore, the Los Angeles Rams took a little guy out of Boston College named Doug Flutie, who would end up going to Canada and playing up there instead. Hey, again, 1985. That's a decent quarterback class. Randall Cunningham, Frank Reich, Steve Bono, Doug Flutie. That's not bad. Sometimes good things come to those teams who wait. Moving on to our number two selection. There were no quarterbacks taken in the first round in 1988, which while very talented, might be more remembered for having a few busts. The Atlanta Falcons took Auburn linebacker Andre Bruce with the top pick. And of course, they ended up regretting it. Tampa. They drafted Wisconsin offensive tackle Paul Gruber at number four. The Bengals took Oklahoma defensive back Ricky Dixon at five. And yes, there was some serious talent in 1988. A lot of the top teams just missed out on it. Randall McDaniel went to Minnesota. 
Michael Irvin went to Dallas. Dermani Dawson went to Pittsburgh. That's three Hall of Famers right there in 88. But the first quarterback taken wasn't until the third round. It was a guy that you will think of probably more as a punter. The Phoenix Cardinals took Ohio State quarterback slash punter Tom Tupa with the 68th overall pick. Chris Chandler went to Indianapolis at pick 76. Washington selected a guy from Louisiana Monroe named Stan Humphreys in the sixth round, and he eventually took the San Diego Chargers to the Super Bowl. 1988, no quarterbacks taken in the first round, though. Finally, we get to our number one entry on years of the NFL draft that there was no quarterback taken in the entire first round. And this was the most recent time that we went a first full round without a single quarterback being selected. In 1996, this was another year of what was probably a little bit of an underachieving class, right? The New York Jets took USC wide receiver Keyshawn Johnson with a top pick. Keyshawn was solid. I don't know that he was great, but he was solid. But then we saw a run of players that never really did much in the NFL. Kevin Hardy, Cedric Jones, Lawrence Phillips. But the Baltimore Ravens actually struck big in this draft. In 1996, Baltimore got UCLA offensive tackle Jonathan Ogden with the number four pick. And then they got Miami linebacker Ray Lewis at number 26. We did also see Brian Dawkins, Marvin Harrison, and Terrell Owens all get drafted in 1996, but the first quarterback taken was in the second round when Michigan State's Tony Banks was drafted by St. Louis. We saw Bobby Hoying out of Ohio State get taken by Philadelphia in the third round, and the New York Giants took Danny Cannell in the fourth. There were actually just nine quarterbacks taken in the entire 1996 draft, and honestly, those three guys are probably the only names that you would even recognize because I went down that list. I didn't know any of the other ones. Now, these are five examples of NFL drafts where there wasn't a single quarterback selected in the first round. But we still saw a few solid quarterbacks come out of these drafts. Is this year's draft class any better than the ones we just discussed? I have no idea. I honestly don't. Time will tell. But I know this. If you are patient, you can find some talent taking a quarterback too high it puts unreal expectations on both the player and on the franchise and we see so many examples of them failing again and again but i'm sure that won't happen this year right hey it is friday and we have made it through another week next week we will be back to discuss all of the sports happenings over the weekend. We will keep you up on the latest and greatest in the world of sports. Hey, I want to thank all of you for listening to The Daily Dose every day. I hope that you are enjoying the show. Thank you for listening. Thank you for reaching out. Thank you for the text, for the tweets. Thank you for sharing the show. Thank you for subscribing to the show wherever it is that you listen. It is all very, very appreciated. I have to say thank you to JSP. Could not do any of this without you. I will see you all next week. Have a great weekend.